Now, welcome to Aviation United by Aviation Zero. I'm delighted to be chatting with nutrition and lifestyle coach, specializing in gut health, published author and founder of The Gut Clinic, Hannah Richards. A very good day to you, Hannah. How are you getting on today? I'm very well. Thank you for having me. How are you? Oh, wonderful. So we always get this started off. The listeners want to know where the guests are from because our audience is kind of worldwide. So where are you right now? Where is your location on the planet? I am in Kent. Um, apparently called the Garden of um, England in uh, the UK and it is chucking it down buckets of rain. <laughs> oh, wonderful that's 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 a nice start to the show but no and so how long are you living in Kent? <laughs> <laughs> Were you born in Kent? Well no not at all I was born in London um, and I've been in London for quite a long time, but um, spend a lot of time in Somerset, which is where my parents live. But at the start of lockdown, my boyfriend and I moved to uh, a little farm and renovated a very small cabin. Um, so we've been in lockdown in a sort of a cabin type scenario with lots of land and outdoors space. And we've been building. So it's been a, a phenomenally uh, changing time for both of us but it sort of fitted quite well with the whole lockdown and Covid scenario so we've been really really tucked away. So uh, as I've mentioned before welcome to the show and can you tell us a little bit about, about your background so how did you get to to where you are now? Sure so I guess I started um, in the health industry really not knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And somebody suggested that I uh, take up some personal training. I'd played a huge amount of hockey and um, competed at a, at a reasonably high level in athletics and hurdling. And, and so sport was really my game and I loved it. I still do. Um, and I saw it, so I started personal training, but it didn't really hit all the buttons for me. Um, and then nutrition came along and I found, I found the Czech Institute, which is um, run by Paul Czech in California. And he has two arms to the Czech Institute, the physical side and a holistic nutrition side. And that was when I really found my vocation. I found I was in the right space. Um, this was something I really wanted to do, lifestyle coaching. And, and I, that's, how, that's how it all started, really. Um, I found nutrition initially quite illogical because when about 10 years ago, it was all about treating a condition with a natural product. And that's what the medicine world does, treats a condition with a pharmaceutical. And so I sort of did a lot of research. I did lots of different courses. I found Emma Lane, Paul Check, Reed Davis, functional medicine. And that's when I started to sort of devise my own training by myself and dip into what really got me going which was gut health and then pursued that line started working with clients I opened my own clinic called Move360 um, in about 2012 which was a holistic center where you could come and train phys your body physically um, there was acupuncture and nutrition. So it was a, a one-stop shop, really. Um, and, and so that was, that was uh, when I sort of started to put it all together. And the clinic ran for five years. It was a wonderful experience. We had a wonderful group of people. 
um and then that 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 finished and i got a book deal and i got the book deal at the same time i thought i should probably go back to school and do a three-year degree in nutrition which i hadn't had i just had lots of different other types of training so i thought it was probably time and appropriate to tick the um tick the boxes there which i did and wrote a book called the best possible you and now i practice um by myself in london and obviously now on zoom um helping people become the best possible them which is the title of my book so how do you get all this time you're such a busy lady <laughs> i know <laughs> it's funny it's funny it? every everyone says to me i'm you you know you're always doing something you're busy 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 um and i guess lockdown has really brought home how unbusy i need to be working and living in london really takes its toll and i've really embraced you know not having to do half the things that i was doing or creating in london it's so easy to waste so much time in meetings and lunches and um seminars and and all these things that actually you you do at the detriment to working on yourself in your own business um and so i've spent more time obviously out here in the wilderness of kent really focusing on my next moves now as opposed to having too many too many fingers and too many pies so, so you mentioned how then you're, you're the founder of the gut, gut clinic so what is gut health i mean is it just all about your stomach or is it more involved in relation to having gut health so yeah the gut is a fascinating uh, organ it's the only organ you can sort of remove from you and it could live independently it's like its own little person and i guess the terrain in the gut, the function of the gut, all the things that go on is what really got me fascinated about this organ and how um, important it is to overall health. And so it is the first place that I look at, the first place I start. But gut health really, you know, Hippocrates said years and years ago, all disease starts in the gut all health starts in the gut. So we, we have to go to the gut when ill health arises because from the gut, it has a relationship with all the other organs. So you're looking at the digestive system when we're talking about gut health, but the gut health, but the digestive system is best friends with the detoxification system and the endocrine system. And so it's a whole picture of you know it's a 360 degree holistic um look at the whole body and you can't really separate anything out but you but by starting with gut health you then get to look at all the systems which are potentially not working so gut health it starts with i always say gut health is it starts in the mouth and it finishes with the anus and it's a long windy road where acids and biles and enzymes and hormones and liquids all get spurted out almost like a bit of a jacuzzi you know when you turn a jacuzzi on and the, yeah. and the waters that's what happens with the with the digestive system it's constantly talking to each other to to each little bed is talking to each other and it can get very very complicated but also the thing that i love about the gut is that it's very easy to understand when you give it what it wants um and so that's really 
what I do with people. I try and figure out how out of sync the gut has got to bring it back to the basics, which a lot, lot of the time I have to say people miss the basics, almost like trying to, you know, go from grade one to grade eight in, in, with a musical instrument because they think that they can just do that. And that's what they do with the gut. They miss out all the basics and they just want to do the testing or they just want to take the supplements or they just want to do the therapy without creating any of the basics as a fundamental physiology. So um, it's, it's a really interesting organ and it's really easy to look after. But, but if you don't look after it, then it can take some time to get it back to that fully functional place. So it pretty much is you are what you eat, is it? Yeah, I, I'd like to say you are what you eat. Sometimes I say you are what you don't excrete. Okay. Um, and, that's, and that's because uh, nine out of ten people I see are constipated. So that kind of worked quite well. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, we weren't going to discuss constipation today, but what, what's generally the main cause of constipation? I mean, is it lack of hydration? Is it l lack of fiber? Because you see a lot of these advertisements on TV and are telling us to take like, uh, you know, probiotics to help the digestive system or enhance our fiber. I mean, what, what generally causes constipation? Um, yeah, it's a very good question. And sometimes it's, it gets a bit more complicated than this. But I, my three rules with people are, um, are, you, are you drinking enough water? No. Go and drink some more water. Are you still constipated? Yes. Do you have enough fiber in your diet? Green vegetables? Um, no, go and eat some more. Make sure they're in your day every single day, if not at every single meal. Are you still constipated? Yes. Then you take some magnesium. Magnesium is a mineral that can help the, uh, it creates peristalsis in the, in the body. It creates a, a parasympathetic system, which is where the digestive system needs to be. If the digestive system is stressed out, if you're angry, if you've got too much going on, you're not going to stop and go, oh, hold on, I just need to go to the bathroom because you're in a, a stressed fight or flight mode. So if you're constantly a stressed person, you're probably more likely to be constipated. And it's about getting the autonomic nervous system out of the sympathetic into the parasympathetic so that this the flow of the digestive system you know the digestive system to me is like a dance it's like a beautiful dance and it needs to always be moving and flowing and creating and if it's always stuck and hard and stressed then you're going to find problems certainly in the large intestines with constipation um so yes all those three things are, are very true of uh, being being able to help the other question that I would uh, get people to always answer is, are you constipated in your head or are you constipated in your bowels? And if it is a mechanic, if it is a mechanical issue, lifestyle issue, then do all the things I've just said. But if it's a constipation of the mind, of the emotions, then that's a bit more of a, a, a bigger picture that you're looking at. Um, and that comes down to the, the stress that you have in your life. Um, and then the pathway that it is chosen to take, which is often constipation. Can women, Hannah, be more constipated than men? This might come across like a stupid question. The reason I ask this is because in the aviation industry, there's a large percentage uh, of uh, female crew, whether it be pilots or, or cabin crew who fly a lot. And they generally have the symptoms when they land. They might have like, uh, say, bloating 
or they might say that they feel uh, constipated. Is it specific to a man or a woman or would both experience maybe the same type of constipation? I would definitely say women are more constipated than men. Um, I don't think that's uncommon at all. I sort of, I always say to my female, so the digestive system and the endocrine system, which is your hormonal system, are very in, entwined. And so women are built a bit like Ferraris, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, whereas men don't <laughs> have all those sort of... <laughs> men don't have all those finer hormones that we have. And so men are a bit like, trucks in a way they go and they they stop and they can change gear whereas women's endocrine systems are a bit more complicated and so there's more finite issues that get um thrown up and when your end when your hormonal system is under um let's say it's stressed out then your digestive system takes a back seat to that so even with even with that information we can immediately see why men have less problems in the bathroom than the than women do um you throw the female cycle into play and we can see that then we've got a lot of sort of trauma and stress going on and therefore the digestive system again will take a back seat and what the digestive system and the bowels do is they get very used to um your your traits so if for example if you didn't like going to the bathroom as a child in a friend's house or at school you create that pathway you learn that path and then your body learns the triggers so often when you get on a flight there will be a trigger of I can't go to the bathroom because there's 200 other people looking at me going and there are a lot there's lots of fear status around that so the digestive system perceives that stress creates the trigger and then will then will create the constipation it's a bit more complicated that with hormones but on, on, a, on a base level that's basically what happens so it's more about the mind and what we create and what that then feeds down to the digestive system and this whole communication is you know the gut brain connection it's to do with the vagus nerve which is your 10th cranial nerve which is the nerve that talks from your is the communicator from your brain to to your gut so yes is the answer women do get much more constipated than men uh because there's more going on um it's not to say all women do but on on average i would say more women do it, it, it's true actually hannah what you said there with regards to the mind to the gut is because i've even heard during uh, working that the some of the female cabin crew don't want to go to the toilet on the aircraft and yeah. Pretty much as you you said it, um, because maybe there's 200 passengers on board, 300 passengers on board that that will kind of see them going into into the bathroom. Um, so yeah, it's kind of interesting you've 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 said that it makes a lot of sense now. So then can we move on then with regards to IBS? So what is IBS? We hear this a lot. Yeah, sure. IBS. IBS is irritable bowel syndrome, and uh, so you've got IBS and you've got IBD, and IBD is irritable bowel disease. And sometimes one can lead to another, not all the time. Um, but IBS does cover a huge plethora of symptoms that um, we all know as bloating, constipation, nausea, pain in the abdomen, uh, gas, flatulence, and, and on and on. 
Um, it can be often, often it can be a long-term condition, um, which is recognized by all those symptoms I've just said. Uh, often it can be an alternation of constipation and diarrhea um, and an inability to open the bowels fully. Um, sometimes you might see mucus in the, in the stool as well. And it can be caused by an increased sensitivity of the gut or an ulceration of the gut, problems digesting food, an allergy, an infection, or an emotional trauma or life event. And so IBS is then divided into two categories, IBS constipation or IBS diarrhea. For me, IBS is a lot of the time not really a full diagnosis. If you're living your best life, if you're eating the way I let pe show people how to eat, um, sleep weight cycles are good, detoxification, then you're very unlikely to have IBS. For me, IBS is very much more a modern day issue that we have that is plaguing us because we're eating food that hasn't come from good soil, we're eating on the hoof, we're eating uh, too quickly, and we're too stressed out as individuals. So, you know, I can sit here as you can, and we can both agree that if we wolf down a sandwich now, or eat a sandwich whilst walking to the train or whatever we're doing in a rush, we're going to create some form of heartburn or indigestion or bloatedness or whatever that might be. And that, that is a sign of IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. You've irritated your bowel because you haven't created a good enough environment for, um, for the digestive system to be happy. So for me, IBS is a bit of a non-diagnosis because I don't think um, enough information and enough lifestyle protocols are given to people with IBS. IBS is something someone wants a pill for or a solution for, but actually the solution is changing a huge amount of the way that they live, they eat, they sleep, and they are. And we're not always up for that, those big changes uh, because we've been taught that we can take something for something and then our problems go away. Can I ask then with bloating? Because um, you'll see sometimes footage or, footage or video clips of individuals where their stomach may have been quite slim. And I'm even talking about athletes. Their stomach would be quite yeah. slim. A couple of hours later, it's like a balloon. So what, what, is, what is bloating specifically? Is it just wind? Bloating is basically, yeah, when the, the GI tract, the gastrointestinal tract, uh, gets filled with air or gas. Um, and some people get it straight away after eating. So I have a lot of clients who have really slim abdomens. And, and you're correct, a lot of them athletes, actually. And they can eat, and then they suddenly look like somebody's blown them up. Yeah. So, and it can be painful. It can be, it can come with noises from the abdomen or flatulence or burping and belching is, is another one of, of bloating. So some of the really obvious ones that people might do are because they've eaten too fast or they've drunk too much water. But a lot are because of uh, food intolerances, which um, create the, can create the... Um, the bloating sometimes it can be around the when the um female hormonal cycle is happening in women it can be um because of an, a, a parasite infection 
and it can also do a lot with anxiety and depression and those moody blues um some can also be to do with medications bloating rarely happens i mean we all might get bloated a little bit from time to time but it, if it's a condition that's happening a lot then it's because the digestive capabilities of the person are a, a bit on the low side so certainly for flight attendants who maybe don't want to eat on flight because they bloat and, it, and there's a huge amount about appearance on the flight as well um and 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 the, the the look so you don't so that sort of creates a bit of anxiety i imagine um but if it's happening all the time then you probably want to look at things like do i have enough digestive enzymes to break my food down because the bloating will happen after you've eaten food um normally people's guts are quite slim in the morning and by the evening they look they can look they can be three inches their waist can be three inches bigger than what it was in the morning so if that's the case then you can probably want to look at increasing digestive capabilities with digestive enzymes for example or hydrochloric acid which is the acid that lives in the stomach and those two things alone will really improve your digestion and therefore decrease bloating can you hannah as well i mean um is there any not not saying as quick fixes but is can you take some like remedies like uh, like hot water with lemon or you know, are, are those kind of useless? Is there anything that you could take, especially when you're in an aeroplane, um, you can't really go anywhere if you have bloating. Is there anything that you would recommend maybe that you could take in the short term to ease the gas or the wind? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think there are, you know, for obviously the flight attendants and passengers on flights, I always, these are the sort of the, the rules that I give my clients um, for optimal digestive health. Um, I always try and get people to eat before they get on a plane, especially long haul. So you're in charge of it um, and get a lot of vegetables in, get a lot of colored foods, different colored foods. They're your antioxidants, beta carotones, and they will keep the digestive tract moving. This is the food that keeps the tract moving around. You also want to get your water in before you get on flight as well. Um, and just be sipping throughout the flight um, and definitely keep alcohol, coffee and tea, anything caffeinated out of your body whilst on flight as well, because they're stresses and they're dehydrators. And if you're struggling, then they will cause more problems than, than they, than, than not. Um, a really good thing to do is to have with you is some magnesium magnesium as i said before will help the digestive tract move so you don't want to overdo the magnesium that is for sure but if you're feeling like you need to go and you're struggling to magnesium will give you a little help in that direction um cider apple vinegar is often a good one and you can get it in small bottles or decant it um, to take before you eat so again you help your digestion but well, if you are going to eat on flight, then I would keep it to proteins, fats and vegetables and keep the stodgy foods, the bread, the rice, the pasta out. Because if you're suffering with digestion problems because of the altitude and the, and the gravity, you'll find yourself being fuller much quicker 
and more bloated. You mentioned there uh, we discussed uh, with regards to poor diets and stress can lead uh, possibly to uh, poor gut health. What about lack of sleep? I mean, aviation professionals might have like uh, roster or uh, shift patterns like other industries where they might be getting up at say two o'clock in the morning and in the following day they might be doing a night flight. Um, can sleep affect the the flow of your gut? Oh God, very much so. I mean, it's one of the most important um, things to get right. And so night workers and shift workers really, um, really struggle with this. So the key, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, the, 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 the big answer is don't do it. <laughs> but that's, that's, um, that's not always doable, is it? No. So it's about getting, you know, I work with a lot of with people who do work in the casinos, for example, and their shifts are very similar. And so the digestive system is a bit like a baby. And the digestive system, um, you know, if a baby starts crying, then it needs some love, it needs some food, or it needs a good poo. And the <laughs> digestive system is pretty similar. It wants to eat on time, it wants to excrete on time, and it wants to be happy as well because you're happy. So if it perceives stress, if it perceives it hasn't had rest, and is, if it perceives dehydration, then it's going to back up and it's going to stop working. Um, so the key is to try and move your, your shift, your time zone, um, to a place where being able to digest food is as easy as possible. So smoothies are great for shift workers, soups, more liquid type, because your digestive system is already under stress. It's eating at times it doesn't want to, and it doesn't want to have to do too much digestion. It wants to, you want to make it as easy as possible for that person's gut. Bone broths, for example, are really, really good for the health of the gut. So you could make a bone broth, chicken. It could even be mushroom if you were vegan, because it's a very high plant protein. And you could add lots of other vegetables into it and have it in a thermos flask so you've got some really good medicinal food with you on flight or have it just before you get on board you know barocas are really good as well to making sure that you're getting your nutrients and your vitamins in and all those effervescent tablets you can even get zinc and magnesium ones as well um, and these are things that are going to help your immune system which is housed in the gut and keep it as regular as possible because when you're doing night shift work or you're flying across time zones your body's got no idea where it is anymore and the whole sleep wake cycle that we you know we're we're organic beings that live with the the tides the sun the moon our hormones are exposed to the the sleep wake cycles and suddenly we're turning them on our heads and we're not doing any damage control to help the body um, compensate for that. So food and getting your medicinal nutrients in is really essential to making sure that you don't break down, you don't get into this stress mode. And ultimately, you're not gaining weight and you're not creating more digestive issues, which is often what happens when the body has been under attack for so long and it's been deprived of sleep and good food often you see people with a quite a big belly um 
they might be thin in other areas of their body, but you start to see this metabolic syndrome kick in, which is shown by having that sort of midriff. And in men, often a quite a hard belly as well. That's me. So it's all... <laughs> Pardon? That's me. That's me. I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I'm a dad bod. Is a dad bod? Is, I don't know. <laughs> No, so so really, it's what I'm really saying is there's got to be what I call damage control. You know, if you're going out of your natural sleep wake cycle, you know, we want to rise with the sun at 6 a.m. on average, and we want to sleep um, when the sun is completely set and the moon is up, which is around 10 o'clock, certainly in the UK at the moment, but somewhere around those times. And so if you're going past midnight, you start to miss out on physical repair and your cortisol levels are being allowed to naturally drop which is when your melatonin levels naturally rise you know you're you're going against the grain and there's only so much your body is capable of doing so that's why the damage control is really really important to make sure you're giving your body as much as you can whilst asking it to live in a different time zone well, let's get the plug in, Hannah, for the book, uh, The Best Possible You, A Unique Nutritional Guide to Healing Your Body. So what, what can our listeners expect from the book? So I wrote the book. I really wanted it to be a little sort of health Bible for people. I found, you know, when I started all my training, um, I certainly didn't know as much as I do now. But I also realized that most people don't know much about their bodies you know, I explain the female hormonal cycle to women who are slightly embarrassed. Um, I talk about the gallbladder and the gut to people and they're not really sure what their function, what the function is. And that's no fault of, our, of their own. It's that it's not really taught well enough or enough, if at all. So I wanted to write a book where people could go in. Each chapter is an organ in the body. So you can go to, for example, you can go to the chapter on the liver and um, it talks about the emotional component of the liver which in which is in Chinese traditional medicine anger and frustration you can look up what supplements the liver likes to to have for support what food it likes and how to look after it physically emotionally and nutritionally and as and an example of this is that all the organs are um they're connected by nerves in the body and the nerves feed into the vertebrae and so as an example when we have something wrong with our physical body we often go to a physio or a chiropractor or a manual worker to get that uh, pain released but when your right shoulder hurts for example you and you can't get any relief mechanically um that's when we start to look at the liver because the nerves that feed the right shoulder feed the liver so when you know this viscerosomatic connection you can start working on the visceral body which is all your organs um as a way to really get a full picture of health so so the book is about not just looking at one thing it looks at the whole picture of each organ and you can dip into it so you can dip into the gut if you've got any gut issues, I would dip into the gut and the stomach and the liver. But you can you can dip in and dip out and take information as and when you need. 
And where is it available to buy? You can get it on Amazon and Waterstones. You can also get it on my website and I'll sign the copy for you, um, uh, which is the, the, the gutclinic.net. Um, but yeah, it's in, it's in a few places. And we spoke just before the podcast started. Uh, you have uh, retreats available, the gorgeous gut retreat. Uh, what, 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 what does that involve? Is it a day retreat or a couple of days or how does it work? Sure. So I started off doing them in Somerset, um, which was a great venue, but my parents were about to sell their house. So I've been left without a gut retreat venue. All right. um, <laughs> how dare they? How dare they? How dare, how dare they? Exactly. Anyway, I found a wonderful place where I am in Kent and it's a two day gut retreat. So they're single days. You can come for both. They're slightly different, but they, they stand up by themselves. And we have yoga for the digestive system. And I also have um, my great friend, Alison Martin, who does emotional trauma release. And because the gut is so emotional, I mean, it's just the most emotional thing that we have. It's very important to know how to breathe, to learn how to breathe, and to be able to breathe out um, all those, those things that aren't working for us. So along with yoga and the breath, I do a workshop about the microbiome and about the stomach. And we all sit and have lunch together, which I prepare from um, organic biodynamic food. And it's just a, a wonderful day of learning about what's working for you and what's wor working against you. And obviously as a nutritionist, I can be a, I can answer people's questions all throughout the, 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 de the, the day or the weekend just to give people exactly what they, what they need. And where else could our listeners find you on uh, social media for updated information? Sure. So they, I do quite a bit on Instagram, which is the gut clinic. And I do do um, stuff on, in, on Facebook as well, which is Hannah Richards, the gut clinic. But, my, but, you, but if you wanted to go to my website, they can fill in a digestive questionnaire, which will give them some insight into what they need to do. They can also book a 15 minute consultation call, which is free just to sort of sound out where they might need to go as well. And there's also a, f a free three-day gut cleanse, which might be helpful for some people really suffering with, you know, bloatedness. Is, again, they just click on the button, download it, and you get sent the cleanse. Well, what we'll do is we'll put all the links uh, to your uh, website and your social media as part of your podcast. So all the listeners then can uh, reach out to you uh, directly. So I'd like to thank Hannah Richards today, the founder of The Gut Clinic, uh, joining me today on Aviation Live by Aviation Zero. Thank you so much, Hannah, for chatting with me today. Pleasure. Thank you very much.